Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800 247 3051. 800 247 3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. If you turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 40, and then we'll pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Help us, Lord, because we're children and we need to be taught. And Father, you are a great teacher and you love to teach us. And so we're asking you to teach us from your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Genesis chapter 40, verse 1. Genesis 40, verse 1. It came to pass after these things that the butler of the king of Egypt and his baker had offended their lord, the king of Egypt. And Pharaoh was wroth against two of his officers, against the chief of the butlers and against the chief of the bakers. And he put them in ward in the house of the captain of the guard into the prison, the place where Joseph was bound. And the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them, and he served them, and they continued to season in ward. And they dreamed a dream, both of them, each man his dream, in one night, each man according to the interpretation of his dream, the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt, which were bound in the prison. And Joseph came in unto them in the morning and looked upon them, and behold, they were sad. And he asked Pharaoh's officers that were with him in the ward of his Lord's house, saying, Wherefore look ye so sadly today? And they said unto him, We have dreamed a dream and there is no interpreter of it. And Joseph said unto them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me them, I pray you. And the chief butler told his dream to Joseph and said to him, In my dream, behold, a vine was before me, and in the vine were three branches, and it was as though it budded, and her blossoms shot forth, and the clusters thereof brought forth ripe grapes. And Pharaoh's cup was in my hand, and I took the grapes and pressed them into Pharaoh's cup, and I gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. And Joseph said unto him, this is the interpretation of it. The three branches are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thine head and restore thee unto thy place, and thou shalt deliver Pharaoh's cup into his hand after the former manner when thou wast his butler. But think on me when it shall be well with thee, and show kindness, I pray thee, unto me, and make mention of me, unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of this house. For indeed I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also have I done nothing that they should put me into the dungeon. Okay, now, this whole passage here in Genesis chapter 40 is so rich, it's got so much in it, and so in our last study, we began this when we really saw Joseph in a new phase in his life when he's in prison. And he's in prison, and he's done nothing to deserve to be in prison. Joseph was in prison. And this has been great for us because what it's done for us is given us an opportunity to learn more about Joseph. 
when he was in prison, and there's so much we can learn from Joseph, we will learn, but he really does teach us how to go through the ups and downs of life. This is a real down part of his life. And in the first four verses of this chapter 40 that we're in here now, we learn about two of Pharaoh's officers and how they angered, well, we really don't learn about how they angered Pharaoh. That's kind of sort of like, uh, you know, an unnecessary detail for us not to be sidetracked on. But we learn that they angered two, uh, uh, they angered uh, Pharaoh and, and they landed in prison with Joseph. Now, these are important men because they're high ups, they've got a, they had a big position, so they got a special care from the guard there to take care of them, and he put Joseph under that care of taking care of them there. So Joseph here, he's carrying out this responsibility to take care of these prisoners, and he's doing it with all his heart, like he does everything with all of his heart. As a matter of fact, when we read these amazing three words, which are found in verse four, where it says, he served them, he served them. This shows just an illustration of Joseph in prison, and it shows us really an illustration of what King Solomon taught Israel in Ecclesiastes chapter nine, verse 10. In Ecclesiastes 9, 10, he said, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there's no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave where thou goest. Now, when it says that Joseph served them, it's really showing us here that whatever Joseph found to do with his hand, he did it with all his might. And what King Solomon was emphasizing in Ecclesiastes 9.10 was that in our lives, we're racing against the clock. We're racing against the clock. When the clock strikes 12, we die. (laughs) After we die, there's no opportunity to do on earth what we can do, which is to serve God by faith. You know, only on earth can we pray in faith believing. Only on earth can we witness about how great the unseen God is? And only on earth can we win souls for the kingdom of God. These are all activities about faith, and they're ours to do. So life for us is this golden opportunity to seize. And there's one thing that we want to accomplish when we're here on earth, and that's to get a good report, to get a good report. I mean, we aspire to be able to come to the end of our lives on earth and say the words that the Lord Jesus said when he came to the end of his life on earth, which was in John 17, 4, John 17, 4, where he said, I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. That's what he said. That's our aspiration. That's our goal. We aspire to be able to come to the end of our lives like Paul did when he said in 1 Timothy 4, 7, 1 Timothy 4, 7, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. You know, you read these things about Paul and what the Lord said, and you realize, we realize that's not just something you drift into in life. No, that's just not something you just sort of float along you don't float along and reach that point. And that's why Paul described his whole process of reaching that point in Philippians 3.4. In Philippians 3.4, Paul said, I press toward the mark 
of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. To finish well on earth, that's a pressing toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So when it says here in verse four that Joseph, he served them, it means that Joseph didn't just land in prison and say, well, I give up, that's it. I mean, this is the worst thing that could possibly happen to me. And so I'm just giving up on life. No, he didn't do that at all. He looked for what he could do, what his hand found to do, and he did it with all his might. That's Joseph. That's our person. That's our man that we're studying here. Now, what happened to him, what happened in the prison, I guess I should say, is that there was this amazing night, an amazing night in the life of the but, Pharaoh's butler and Pharaoh's baker. And the amazing night is described for us in verse five when it says, and they dreamed a dream, both of them, each man, his dream, one night, each man, according to interpretation of his dream, the butler, the baker, the king of Egypt, which were bound in the prison. So they both dream in one night, different dreams, They have different dreams in one night. But it was clear this was a very important message that they got in this same night. And God sometimes spoke in this way. When he couldn't get someone's attention, then he went to dreams and says that in Job 33, 14. In Job 33, 14, it says, for God speaketh once, yea, twice, yet man perceives it not. In a dream, a vision of the night, when deep sleep falleth upon men, and slumberings upon the bed, then he openeth the ears of men and sealeth their instruction. So what we learn from that, that verse there in Job 33, is that God has many, many ways that are available to him to speak to men. And it says there, first he speaks once, then he speaks twice, and then when they don't get the message, then God speaks in a dream. And the dream's called a vision in the night, a vision in the night. And he says that during that time, he opens the ears of men. Now, these men knew that they had been spoken to in a dream, but the problem is that they didn't know what the messages were. They didn't know what those dreams meant. So for us, when we look at this thing, and we stand back, and of course, it's always what we want to do in the book of, uh, especially this chapter, is you want to look what happened and then stand back and, and see the whole big picture again. And so when we do that, now we see God's at work through these dreams. Silently, God's at work through these dreams. Through, he's at work to eventually deliver Joseph out of prison through dreams that happened to his fellow prisoner. Now, Here sits these two prisoners now, and they're very disturbed. They're very depressed because they know they've gotten a really important message, but they don't know what they don't know what the messages are. They don't know what it is. And so now, in this state, Joseph enters in in verse six, when it says, And Joseph came in unto them in the morning and looked upon them, and behold, they were sad. So Joseph now he's making his morning rounds. And he's making his morning rounds. And coming to the butler and the baker said, okay, you guys present and accounted for, you know, he didn't come in there and say, you guys still breathing? Fine, here's your food and your water. You know, that, that wasn't Joseph. That was not Joseph. We read that Joseph in this verse looked upon them. He looked upon them. And when it says, behold, 
in this verse, it means that Joseph was really surprised by their faces. He was pretty shocked. You know, in English it says their faces were sad. The Hebrew word is za'af, za'af. It comes from the root word to boil, to boil, okay? So really Joseph saw that these men looked boiling. They looked angry. They looked anxious. They were fearful. You know, they couldn't know what their dreams meant. And so when Joseph sees this, we see in Joseph a man of compassion. He cares. He really cares about them. You see, this compassion that Joseph had when he cared about them, this compassion is going to play an integral role in his own deliverance. This compassion that he has. Because Joseph was compassionate and he gives the interpretation, he asks the you know, why are you sad? And then he finds out, and then he gives the interpretation. He says, tell me the dreams. They tell him the dreams. He gives the interpretation. That's all compassion. That's all compassion. And eventually, Joseph is going to be delivered from prison. And so what we're seeing here is that Joseph's compassion is gonna play a role in his own deliverance. And that's what we see in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, he so often said He was talking, the Lord Jesus Christ so often was talking to people in need who were helped. And what he said was that the people who were in need, they determined, they determined whether or not they were going to be healed. And we can see this in the case of the, the woman who was hemorrhaging within, and she reached out her hand and she touches the hem of the Lord's garment and she's healed. And then the Lord says to her, in Matthew 9.21, which is the history of it here, Matthew 9.21 says, for she said within herself, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. And then in Matthew 9.22, Matthew 9.22 says, but Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, daughter, be of good comfort, thy faith hath made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. Her faith? I thought it was him who healed her. No, he said, her faith, your faith has made you whole. In the case of blind Bartimaeus, blind Bartimaeus, he's sitting there, and that's given to us in Mark 10, 46, Mark 10, 46, it says, they came to Jericho. So they came to Jericho, and as he went out from Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, the son of Timaeus, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the wayside. And when he heard that Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out, and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him that he should hold his peace. But he cried out the more, a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and said, call ye him. And they called the blind man saying unto him, be of good cheer, rise, he calleth thee. And he casting away his garment, sprang up, came to Jesus and Jesus answered and said unto him, what wilt thou that I should do unto thee? And the blind man said, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And straightway he received his sight. What? Thy faith hath made thee whole? That's not what we would expect. But that's what he said. Or there's a sinful woman of the street, a prostitute. And we read about her and her repentance in Luke 7.37, this great act of repentance in Luke 7.37, where it says, Behold, a woman was in the city, a sinner. And when she knew that he was sitting at meat in the Pharisee's house, 
She brought an alabaster cruise of ointment and standing behind at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head and kissed his feet, anointed them with the ointment. And to her, he said in Luke 7, 48, Luke 7, 48, he said unto her, thy sins are forgiven. And then in Luke 7, 50, a couple of verses down, Luke 7, 50, he said unto her, thy faith has saved thee, go in peace. All these terms, I say, faith has made thee whole, thy faith has saved thee. The leper, the leper that was cleansed, and he was the one out of the 10 that gave thanks, the Lord said to him, in Luke 17, 19, he said unto him, arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Another blind man in Jericho, Jericho must have had a lot of blind men there. He gives a sight to him, he says in Luke 18, 41, 18, 42 rather, he says, Jesus said unto him, receive thy sight, thy faith hath made thee whole. See, all these cases, they're determined. Who's determining? It seems like, who's determining whether or not they're gonna be healed? He's telling him, it's your faith, it's your faith. So in all these situations, it was them that determined whether or not they'd be healed, whether or not they'd be made whole, whether or not they'd be saved from their sins. And what we're seeing here with Joseph is that as Joseph now determining whether or not he's gonna be released from prison because by showing compassion to these two prisoners, he's determining the compassion that he's gonna receive from prison. This is exactly what the Lord Jesus Christ was meaning in Luke 6.38. In Luke 6.38, the Lord said, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. So here's Joseph, big measure of compassion going out, big measure of compassion is gonna come back on him. When Joseph was showing compassion on these two prisoners, he was determining the compassion that he was gonna receive that was eventually gonna release him from prison. So wow, when you look at this, you say to yourself, man, how would I like to determine how much I'm gonna receive? We can't. That's what the Lord's saying here. But the giving's gotta be with the right spirit. It's gotta be with the right attitude. You know, not, well, I gotta give, and what a pain it is that I gotta give, oh man. (laughs) So Moses warned Israel about this in Deuteronomy 15.10. In Deuteronomy 15.10, Moses warned the Jewish people, he said, thou shalt surely give him and thine heart shall not be grieved when thou givest unto him because that for this thing, the Lord thy God shall bless thee in all thy works and in all that thou puttest thy hand unto. Same thing, same concept. Give and it shall be given to you. All right, so we see this happening to Joseph and we ask ourselves the question, wow, how would I like to determine how much the Lord's gonna bless me and bless my work in my hands and everything I put my hand to. And that's what he said. In Proverbs 19.17, Proverbs 19.17, he that hath pity upon the poor lendeth unto the Lord. He gives God a loan. And that which he hath given him will we pay him again. Boy, how would you like to make a loan to God? Good bet. It's a good loan. Okay, so Joseph is determining the mercy that's gonna come to him by his mercy that he's showing in his prisoners. It's remarkable by how much good happens to us is dependent on how much good we show to others. And that's what's going on here. Now, we see that Joseph says to these two prisoners, verse seven, he asked Pharaoh's officers that were with him in the Lord's house, 
wherefore look you so sadly today? So he asked them a question he really wanted to know. He really cared to know. This was a real sincere question. Not like a person who asks how you're doing and really doesn't listen to your question. How are you today? Oh, fine, I'm so depressed I could jump off a Coronado Bridge. Oh, that's great. <laughs> like the person who called my house the other day. Is Cheryl home? I said, no, she died. Okay, that's great. Thanks very much. <laughs> See, Joseph's question was, he was really wanting to know. He was really sincere. And so it shows a great tenderness in Joseph, because he really wants to know, why are you so anxious? Why are you so like, almost mad with anxiety? What is it? And what he did when he asked that question is like he reached into his pocket, pulled out a key, and he just unlocked their hearts. Because they told him. He just unlocked their hearts. And what they saw in Joseph's question was the last statement of verse 3. You see, in the last statement of verse 3 says, Joseph was bound. Joseph was bound. Now, we know he had shackles, and we know that the shackles, Joseph's shackles, it hurt his feet. We know that from Psalm 105, verse 18. Psalm 105, verse 18 said, his feet they hurt with fetters. He was laid in chains of iron. I mean, have you ever had your feet hurt? That's bad. Joseph, he was intense pain. You can't think of anything when your feet hurt. You know, intense pain from his hurting feet. They were bound, and so were these two prisoners with him. I mean, this prison was not the Holiday Inn, okay? And so Joseph saw himself as a companion in their problems, as a companion in their problems, or a companion in the tribulation, which is how John saw himself on the island of Patmos when he wrote the book of Revelation. It says there in the first chapter, verse 9, Revelation 1, 9, I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation. See, that's how he saw himself. Now, in order for us to be really good soul winners, effective soul winners, we have to see ourselves as companions in tribulation with the lost because we know what it was like to be lost. We know what it was like to be lost. And so there is this, from our past knowledge, a companionship in their tribulation. Joseph, he saw himself as a prisoner along with those two other prisoners, and he had been a dreamer too. Joseph had been a dreamer too, so he understood all of this. But when these prisoners saw that Joseph was in pain from his feet, and then he asked them in verse 7, wherefore look you so sadly today, they know that Joseph is not swallowed up with his own painful feet. You know, he hasn't become, his painful feet has not made him blind to the sorrow of other people. There's pain and grief. Pain and grief is gonna do one of two things. Either pain and grief is gonna make a person blind to the pain and grief of others, saying, I got my own problems, or pain and grief is gonna make a person more tender, more sensitive to the pain and grief of others. It's gonna do one of the two things. And this is what happened to Joseph. His personal pain and grief made him more sensitive to the pain and grief of others. We win when that happens to us. We win when we are in pain and grief and we comfort other people. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God, 
Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional verse. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. Or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E, Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Sunday Night Church is back. Join Friendship with God Bible teacher Tom Cantor at the new Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Join us early each Sunday at 4.30 p.m. for food and fellowship with Sunday evening services to follow at 5.30 p.m. Watch Tom Cantor and the service on YouTube Live, located on the Friendship with God website. Enjoy encouraging teaching from our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, in a relaxed and family-friendly atmosphere. Sunday Night Church is back, so join us at the Friendship with God Fellowship every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum at 10946 Woodside Avenue North in Santee, California. For more information, call us at 800-247-3051, 1-800-247-3051, or visit friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org for the Friendship with God Fellowship.